This is Amy Cohen Epstein, founder, president, and executive director of the Lynn Cohen Foundation and The Seam, the series for education and awareness in medicine. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing researchers, doctors, scientists, female founders, entrepreneurs to talk about women's health, wellness, and preventive care. Take a listen. All right. I am thrilled to be here today. Well, not actually here, across the world from Lana Nassar, who's in Abu Dhabi right now. I'm in Los Angeles and she's bejeweled and gorgeous in all of her jewelry. I only have one piece on right now and we're just going to dive right into it. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you this, well, my morning, your evening was to talk about lots of different issues. And I think we're going to hone in on female empowerment, on sort of wearing spirituality and wearing jewelry that's meaningful and that speaks to you and you as a designer. And then as the jewelry wearer, and maybe there's a better word for that, that you know, um, that's yeah, that's sort of meaningful. And I feel like when I wear jewelry, it makes me feel not just beautiful, but powerful and energetic because it brings an energy to me. And my kids sometimes say like, mom, you're like in sweatpants. You haven't maybe even left the house today, but you have like so much jewelry on because it, it gives me just a, like a, it radiates, you know, it, it feels like really good. And I feel like where you put your jewelry and I feel like women a long, long time ago were very purposeful and where we wear our jewelry from pressure points in our body, from our ears to perhaps your nose and close to your heart and your soul and, and your fingers and your wrists. So I just want to talk about how you started your business, why you started it, what your motivation was and how it's evolved and where it's led and I don't know, just dive into it from the name and, and just sort of how it's grown and evolved and, and how it's, you know, makes you feel and makes the women feel who wear it and just let it go. We let it rip. Sure. I will. (laughs) Okay. So I started Atelier Lia two years ago now, so it's been two years, but I think that my love of jewelry has always, always been there uh, ever since I can remember. So I always give this example of being a child uh, or a teenager, let's say, and my mom would take me to, you know, the mangoes or Zara's or whatever they were at the time to buy me clothes. And I would just always be, you know, buried in the accessory section, like looking at the bracelets, looking at the necklaces. And that's what always attracted me, what I was always drawn to. Uh, And I always just tell her, I could wear jeans and a white t-shirt, mom, but if I have the right accessories on, it's going to change everything. You know, everything's going to look better. Everything's going to look nicer. So I guess my love of jewelry has always been there. My biggest inspiration has always and will always be my grandmother. Uh, She was really a lady, you know, when they say a lady, she really was a lady. The way she carried herself, the way she dressed, the way she wore her jewelry, and she wore a lot of jewelry. My grandmother wore a lot of jewelry. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was always, you know, quite blingy, but she looked so elegant. And I always remember as a kid, you know, watching her, she used to play the piano and she had really beautiful long fingers and she would wear rings on every single finger. 
and play the piano. So these are memories that, has, that stuck with me. And maybe that's why I fell in love with Julia at such an early age, because I was very, very close to her. And so when I decided that I wanted to go ahead and do this, I really wanted to create a brand in her honor and something that, you know, as you said, when you wear jewelry, it's meant to make you feel a certain way. And my jewelry, I always say it's modern vintage with meaning. So if you look at a piece, it's modern because it's obviously made for today's woman and it's made today, but it has this vintage feel to it. There's something about the pieces that make you think of a time that was almost like an heirloom, I would say, something that you can imagine that your grandmother wore, but you can also imagine yourself wearing and also imagine your daughter wearing something. So it's like really something that transcends time, in my opinion. So yeah, I would say that it really started off with my love of jewelry, my grandmother as an inspiration. She's always there at the back of my mind whenever I'm designing anything. I always think, would she wear this? You know, is this something that she would like? Is this something that she would have, I could see her wearing? So that's where it started. And I also like to infuse, I think, you know, like meaning into the pieces. So I love to read, I love to write, and I used to write a lot of poetry. So what I wanted was to really bring those worlds together, you know, the world of jewelry that I adore and the world of writing that I also really am passionate about. And so the way it tends to work is I'll think of a book or a poem or maybe a quote that I'm really inspired by. And based on that poem or quote, I'll then design the piece, another other way around. Because a lot of people actually think that I'll design the piece and then look for something to stick at the back. But it's, it's really not that. It's the other way around. I'll think of something that means something to me, a passage, and based on that, then design the piece. So for example, the one that you're wearing, the universe, yes, <laughs> I love that one. It's inspired by a quote by Rumi, Jalaluddin Rumi, who is a Sufi poet whom I, I absolutely adore because he really preaches love and, and tolerance. And it's a, he's a very, he has very powerful messages. And so that one is called The Universe. And it's, uh, I actually have this quote on, on the wall in my room. It says, you are the universe in ecstatic motion. And I love, I just love that saying because it just, I find it so empowering. And I think that ties back into what you were saying about you know, when you wear jewelry, you feel empowered. I really want women, when they wear my pieces, to feel like, obviously beautiful, right? You want to feel beautiful. That's why you're wearing it. You want to feel good. But with so many jewelry brands out there, from like the huge brands, like the Cartiers and the Boucheron, so all these amazing new designers coming up, I feel like when you're creating jewelry, there has to be a bit more to it than just the way it looks. You know, there needs to be more depth, and that's what I try to create. I try to create, you know, jewelry with a, with a bit more depth, like from that link to my grandmother to the link to to writing. You know, I just want it to feel like pieces that have some soul, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that you're not, the jewelry's not wearing you, that you're wearing it, that there's this synergy, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and I always tell my clients, when you're picking a piece, obviously look at what what you find beautiful, but what speaks to you? You know, what is it that speaks to you? What's the message that really like, calls, you know, like the tugs on your heart? Because that's how I do it. So on my neck, I have a few. And the way I choose mine is I really make sure, like this is my most favorite one. But I, I make sure that the ones that I wear are pieces that like today I feel a certain way. And this is what I, I feel like, you know, having close to my heart, right? As you were saying. Yeah. So, And this is part of your new collection. Tell us about this. So my new collection, so as I said, I like to do the vintage, the modern vintage. And I was actually at a Paris Fashion Week in March. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a few bars look at my collection and they said, we, we love your stuff. Can't wait to see what you do next. And mm-hmm. so when they said that, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure because you want to do something that's really going to wow them. And, and Paris Fashion Week was just two weeks ago. So I worked on it for about six months and I really wanted, so I was like, okay, my brand is all about the vintage, the modern vintage. What's something that's vintage? Again, that reminds me of my grandmother and that I personally adore, you know, and I think is not represented enough in today's world. So I thought of cameos, you know, cameos are things that we saw our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, like back in ancient Rome, they used to wear these hand engraved cameos. So I really wanted to redo that, but in a modern way. So what I did was I came up with the theme first, which the theme of the collection or the name of the collection is called The Sky Told Me. And the reason I did that was, I feel like we, as a humankind, we all live under one sky. So no matter who we are, what we believe, uh, you know, where we live, we all are part of this bigger universe and we all live under the same sky. And so it unifies us in a way, you know, the sky unifies us as, as humanity. And if I could think of what the sky would tell us, you know, if, if it could tell us something, I thought of, you know, five messages that I thought would be very powerful. They are, I am light. You know, the universe told me I am light, which is, which is the sun, which is, which is what I'm wearing. The universe told me I am loved, which is a heart, you know, design. Uh, the universe told me I'm free. You know, I'm a free person. It comes in the, in the shape of a compass. So it means that you can go wherever you want in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm infinite, which is a snake because, you know, a snake keeps renewing itself. It loses its, like it sheds and it, and then I'm, I'm powerful. And the, the symbol for that is the lotus flower. So the cameos are engraved. So it's, they're my designs. I work with a fourth generation engraver in Italy. So they're like this old family that are still carving away. And it's, a, it's, a, it's unfortunately a craft that's dying, which is sad. Uh, but I found this family in the south of Italy. So they work on my cameos. Uh, they send them back to me. And then I, you know, I set them in, in gold and diamonds and, and so forth. Why is it dying? You mean because people don't do it by hand anymore? Yeah. So when I was, when I was looking at this collection, I, it took me a bit of time because I was looking at who to work with. And it's not easy to find these, these hand carvers. And I found this family in India that actually do things for obviously a lot less. You can imagine Italy and India. So for a lot less and with a lot of different colors. So my cameos are all natural stone. So they'll always be the same color. And so I was like, oh, is that going to limit the collection? I was worried about that. So in India, they do all the colors, but they do everything. It's machine and laser cuts. So when I asked for the sample and I received it, it just felt too perfect. I don't know how to explain it. It just felt too tidy, too neat, too, too manufactured, you know, just, it felt like too white, too, too black, too green. Like it's just, it was too, too perfect. Um, (laughs) and, and that's not what my jewelry is about, right? Because I wanted to feel like to have that soul in it and it just felt too cold. I guess that's the word. It just felt too. So that's why the people that I work with, there are maybe like three families left in all of Italy that do this. Because they actually sit there and they carve by hand every single cameo. And so if I have a cameo and you have a cameo, which are both my designs done by the same guy, they're not going to be exactly the same because he might have, you know, gone a bit more to the right, a bit more to the left, a bit deeper. And I love that. I think that's, that's so special because it means that your piece is truly your piece. You know, it's yours. And it's unique. Yeah. So, yeah. I love vintage stones for that reason, too. Yeah, that's exactly. my favorite. 
there's soul in it. Like you said, there's a soul in it that really speaks yeah. to you and it makes you feel, you feel it. Like there's just a, you feel the vintageness in it. You feel like there's a story behind it, you know? And when you feel like someone has worked on it by hand, sort of their story goes in mixed with your story of the jewelry into the piece. And then it mixes with your story when you wear it, right? And it's very empowering. 100%. And hopefully when you're giving it, passing it down, let's say to the next generation, you're passing down all of that, right? You're passing down the piece. But when I inherited, you know, some of my grandmother's jewelry, I loved it. Obviously, I love the pieces, but I, what, what I inherited was were these moments. Like I remembered her wearing that bracelet that I have now. I remembered her. And these are things that I think are priceless, right? And that's yeah. what's so special with jewelry, I think, is that you can inherit, you know, I don't know, land or a bag or I don't know, anything. But jewelry, there's something that just, that stays within it. You know, it just, it feels like, an heirloom, something that's going to stay with you for a very, very long time and go, you know, from generation to generation. A hundred percent. I've actually reset a few of the pieces that my mom left me. And at first I had a little trepidation about it because I felt like I was, you know, kind of messing with something that she left me. And then I got over it because I realized if that was going to allow me to wear it and enjoy it in a way that was then making it mine, but staying with the integrity of the heart and soul of what she left me, sort of the stones of like, you know, the bracelet. I actually love it even more. And if I then leave it to, I have three boys, as you know, like, you know, to one of them or their wives, whatever, or my granddaughters, God willing, I am lucky enough to have them one day. And they do that. Like I will encourage that. There's something really lovely about that too. And I feel like it's you know, it's that passing down of generation. Some people ask me why I do, you know, I, I love talking to to jewelers and artists and creatives on this podcast, which is really steeped in health and wellness. <laughs> and because <laughs> it seems a little off topic, but I don't think it is. I think it's very relevant and important because I do think that it's all about beauty and beauty at the heart and soul of it is about wellness and well-being. And the more in touch we are as women with how we feel and the ability that we have to feel our best and find our beauty within and then ways of expressing it, then the more in touch we are with our bodies and the more in touch we are with our bodies and what's our you know, our best selves, then the easier it will be for us to know when we're outside of that. Right. And then we'll have an easier time. Yeah. When things are off and things are wrong. Mm -hmm. And what I was saying at the beginning was something I've just recently really thought about with jewelry. And so I love the ritual of putting on jewelry. And when I say jewelry, it doesn't have to be, you know, thousands of dollars worth of jewelry in the morning. You can wear whatever you want and you can put on fake jewels. I mean, I know there's a huge business. In fact, one of my youngest son's friends, his mother is a huge business of, what do you call it when they're... I call them accessories. I don't know if they're really... I mean, it's like yeah, the non-gold, the non... you know. Yeah, non- like non, not real gold. I don't know what it... It's a huge business, right? I mean, she's a multi-million dollar business and it does really well and it's fabulous. I think it's great for traveling, you know, so if something gets stolen, yeah. you're not freaking out. It's an enormous business. Anyways, I think there's something, there's this ritual of putting things on your body. And so I've been thinking about it a lot lately of where we put 
jewelry and how, and I do um, acupuncture and I really believe in acupuncture. I've become a huge fan and our, how I met you through my dear friend, Nadia. I sent my acupuncturist to her this summer when she was here and she loves him and he's amazing. And I've been thinking about like where he, you know, he puts the pins and, and where we really feel it. And a lot of it is the same places that we put jewelry on our body. And it's these pressure points, you know, right in our ears and in our wrists. And I mean, he doesn't put it like smack in my heart, but around here and, and bracelets and, you know, even some places women wear around their belly and people wear ankle bracelets, anklets and around sort of the pressure point around there. And there's something that must've been sort of mystical when women started putting jewelry adornment on their body that hit those pressure points that there must have been some reason, sort of sort of spiritual, ritualistic, you know, reason for putting these metals on our body that helped in some way, either it was calming or it was some sort of spiritual or, you know, something for the gods that we were offering. I don't know, you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. And I believe it makes sense because it has to have, it just has to have where now that we know that these are points that are very calming for us, you know, putting something in the middle of our foreheads that really like centers you, there's something really beautiful about it. And I think that when we do that for ourselves and putting things that make you feel beautiful and make you feel like you're centering yourself and you're, you're paying attention to those points, I think allows us as women to hone in on that. And then if you can hone in on that and just take a breath, even if it's a breath every day or two breaths when you put it on and take it off and then feel what your body's feeling, that's only a good thing because those could be the only two moments that day that you're doing that. And you're allowing yourself even subconsciously to say, okay, like I feel this right now and this feels okay. This feels good. Or wait a second. I feel this right now. This feels a little off. I might need to say something. And if jewelry allows us to do that, that's a really powerful thing. You know, a hundred percent. I agree with everything you, you, you said. And I think that, like you said, even if it just takes that one moment where you're just looking at yourself in the mirror and putting something on, and, you know, just really connecting with yourself. You're like, oh, okay, yes, this is, this is how I feel. This is, you know, what my mood is connecting with today. I think that's very powerful because we know we're all, you know, most of us working or, you know, even being a mom on its own is just, you know, job, not a job, but it's, you know, so demanding. So being a mom, being a working mom, running in today's world, being, you know, being successful, trying to keep up with everything. So if you get that one moment, which is like your connection with yourself, you know, other than your workout and other than your just, you know, just like a calming moment, as you said, I think that's, that's super powerful. And if you are wearing something that does mean something to you, whether it's something that was passed on or, you know, like in my case, the messaging that's at the back of these pieces, you're picking them to reflect how you feel or maybe to make you feel better or maybe to empower you on that day. You know, I never take mine off. People make fun of me. I mean, my friends always tell me, I go to the beach, I never take it off. I go to bed, I have them on. I it's just, it's part of who I am and it makes me feel really good. It really does make me feel good. You know, yeah. it's like an armor. It is. I also think it's pretty powerful in the way that in today's day and age, we're so connected, but yet quite disconnected. I think the over connection has made us very disconnected. 
and the powerful statements literally inscribed on your jewelry and the poems that come with your jewelry, I think allow a connection to literally to the universe, I mean, that I'm wearing and to the bigger world around us, implore us to take a moment to remind us that we are all living under one sky, as your new collection Mm -hmm. says, and that we are We are all connected, whether we like it or not, and we are part of one universe and we need to remember that. Even if that, you know, puts that in our brains for one quick second, that's really important and that's really meaningful too. I think that it's, it's that, it's everything you said. So being interconnected with, you know, humanity and also being interconnected with your past, you know, and your future. So that's why this idea of heirloom is so important to me when I, you know, as I said, for me, I really do want to create pieces that I feel, obviously there's the fun stuff, like some of the pieces are a bit more fun, but yeah. at the core of my brand and the essence of it, I really want to have these, these heirlooms that I feel will be passed down somehow and could have been passed down to me. Something that I feel does have that story to tell. And it's, it's really, you know, the DNA of the brand. It really is. And that's how everything is always made. It's always, that's always a thought. I don't want to just do something that's fashionable, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the fashionable jewelry. The, it's all amazing. I love all kinds of jewelry. But for me, for Atelier Dia, I want to create something that has a story to tell, you know? And that's going to be here for, for a while, hopefully. And I believe your jewelry was passed down because it was inspired by your grandmother. So maybe not like physically she handed it to you, but she certainly inspired you so spiritually. She did pass it down to you in which you then pass it down. Um, you will pass it down to your daughter and, and therefore. I actually have one of, one of the collections. So I have four collections that I've released so far. The second collection is actually called Adele's Jor. My grandmother was called Adele. And uh, so it was really me imagining if I could open up her drawer and see what she had in that drawer, what would I find, you know? And all the designs of that collection are pieces that I just really, really just imagine her wearing. And so that's how strong the link is with her, you know, really is. She's just always there. <laughs> I love that. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother's middle name was Adelaide. So similar. I think it's like a, a French version of it. Adele is like a very French, older name. Uh, and yeah. she was yeah, my mom's mom as well, yeah. Yeah. And how did the name Atelier Liette come about? So Atelier means uh, in French workshop. It just means yeah. workshop. And then Lia is, uh, again, uh, the name that my grandmother wanted my mother to call me. She wanted me to be called Lia. She didn't want me to be called Lena. She wanted me to call, be called Lia. So, and my mother refused. Uh, so it's, again, a way of being connected to her, but also a very powerful double meaning is Leah in Arabic means mine, you know? And I really like this idea of, again, what we were talking about. It's my moment. It's mine. I'm going to wear this. It's going to be something that's going to make me feel good. And I'm going to connect with this piece because it's something that I'm doing for myself. You know, I'm I'm taking care of myself. You know, some people will say, oh, it's materialistic or it's superficial, or I I don't believe in any of that. For me, again, I think that, as we said, if you're doing something for yourself and it makes you feel good, then why, why not, right? So Leah has that double meaning. It's both the name that I, she wanted me to be called as well as this link to, you know, mine, myself, which I really like. And for women should buy jewelry for themselves. I'm 100%. a big fan of that. 
hundred percent. Honestly, most of all my clients, I think I might've sold one piece to one guy, but there was buying for his wife. But other than that, it's always been the women that have come to me. Uh, and I think it's because they connect with the messaging. They connect with this, this concept of, of, of more than just something that looks pretty, right? Something that actually has depth and, and layers to it. Because as women, this is how we live. We live with many, many layers to who we are. You know, we are mothers, we are sisters, we are wives, we are, we're, you know, business owners. There's so many layers to who we are. We're not just one thing. We're so multidimensional. We feel the need to connect, not just mentally, but spiritually. That's how we were made. So when you find something, whether it's jewelry or a book or, I don't know, it could be a practice that you connect with, you tend to stick with it, right? As, as a woman. So yeah. I think that that's just another reason why these women, I have most of my clients are women. It's because they like the layers. They understand the layers, you know? It's not just talk. Go back in your life a little bit and tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about kind of where you're from and how you ended up in Abu Dhabi and how that is relevant and kind of important to your brand, you know, in sort of layering and how this came to be. So I'm from Lebanon. I mean, I lived there for in college, but I basically, I was born in the UK, born in London and moved to the UAE as soon as I was born and lived here my whole life. So I'm... A UAE national without being one. In my heart, I am. This country has given me so much and I truly adore it. You know, my parents raised us here. My brothers were born here. My kids were born here. So it's really, it's my home. But at the same time, my heart is very connected to Lebanon. It's my, my roots, my heritage, my language, my food. You know, it's, it's, it's who I am. And it's a part that I'm very proud of as well. Like I don't shy away from it at all. I teach my children to be very proud of that as well. It's, it's something that I'm very deeply rooted in. So I've always been an entrepreneur in a way. So my grandfather was, you know, a very successful entrepreneur in, in Lebanon and Africa. And he moved to Abu Dhabi back in the late sixties when there was nothing here. So yeah. he was an entrepreneur. My father was one. And so I always felt that that was my, my path. I, I never, I worked for companies, but I always felt that I needed to do my own thing. I had something to say. I have an advertising agency as well, a branding agency. And I had opened up at one point, uh, like a bakery. So I've done a few things, but when I decided to start Asfalidia, it was really, I felt like I had finally figured out what I was meant to be doing this whole time. It's like, how did I not think of this before? What have I been waiting for? <laughs> this is really how it felt. It just, it made so much sense. And when I told, you know, my husband, my brother, they were like, yes, at last, like, this is what you were meant, you know, what you were meant to do. So I think. Literally the stars aligned. <laughs> literally the stars aligned. It was the perfect time. Again, living in the UAE allowed me so much freedom because you know, everything is facilitated here. It's a, an environment that allows you to go after what you really want to go after. You know, that's, that's their whole motto. You work hard, you, you make it, you're, you're comfortable. It's, it's safe. It's stable. You're in a very comfortable environment to create, you know, you don't feel threatened. You don't feel stressed. It's, it's nice and easy, you know, so that helps a lot. And yeah, it just felt like it was a calling, something that I've been wanting to do for such a long time. And it just, it happened. And I think as well, I'm lucky enough to live in a community here with a lot of very successful women. 
And I think that really empowers us. We empower each other because we look at each other for support. We ask each other advice. You know, we're always talking on the phone, brainstorming together. And I mean, you know, these women, they're all amazing, you know, from, you know, all walks of life. Like they, they basically do it all, right? So this helps a lot because it's not like I was sitting here when with all these other women that are just stay-at-home moms. Again, nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom, but it would have been much harder for me to bounce ideas off of them as opposed to, you know, my friends that all own their own businesses, work really hard, have gone through it, gave me good advice. And so supportive. It's a group of women who are so like high-powered, creative, incredible mothers and so supportive of each other. There's no sort of like cat fight. It's like the opposite of the of that awful Real Housewives of Dubai show that came out. It's this incredibly supportive group of women who are at the top of their games, who are amazing. Like it is if there was a Bravo show of the, you know, like Bravo, unbelievable women living in Abu Dhabi who are successful, beautiful, stylish, you know, creative and incredibly supportive. And it's like that last bit that would make for a not fun TV, (laughs) but in the real world, make for the best friends and make for successful women who come together and really help each other grow and succeed. I mean, I get it because I know the women you're talking about and it, people ask me all the time, do you miss living in Abu Dhabi? And my answer is always, I miss the women that live there. I miss hanging out with them because there was an incredible energy that I've never felt anywhere else I've lived because I don't see my friends actually as much as Mm -hmm. I did when I lived there. There was just a different kind of way of seeing each other and hanging out and chatting and working. And like you said, just constant bouncing of ideas and saying, well, let's do it. Like, let's just do this. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's start it. Let's just go down that road. And by the way, if it doesn't work, we'll pivot and do something else. And that's a very unbelievable community and place that allows for that to happen and to thrive. And it's really cool. It really is. I, I, I know what you're talking about and I really agree and know how special it is. And, and it's pretty phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. And, and I always say that my friends and my network here are my biggest supporters and cheerleaders almost, you know, like they really believe in me. And it's almost like they're, you know, when I, when I go do these trunk shows or I, you know, go to Paris, like when I went for my first, I mean, you saw when I went for my first, first time to Paris, they all came, they came, you know, they came to just to be there for me. They didn't have to do that. I mean, Paris is a beautiful city, but they could go anytime. They chose to come because they knew that it would, mean something to me. And it really did, you know, although I was working in my own world, but just knowing that they believed in me so much, it almost lights a fire under you. And you're like, you know, yes, I'm going to do it. And honestly, it's amazing. And I, I grew up in Dubai. So I, I moved to Abu Dhabi only nine years ago. Before that, I, I had lived my whole life in Dubai and I have some amazing friends in Dubai too, but the dynamics are very, very different. It's a very different the social fabric is just, it's just different. You know, Abu Dhabi today is very similar, I would say to Dubai when I was growing up in Dubai. So what I have with the women here is very similar to what my mother had with the friends that she made back then in Dubai. And it's this genuine friends that are, that are family. 
So if I have to travel for two weeks, which I, which I, I just came back for almost two weeks of traveling for work, I know that they're going to be there for me. They're going to pick up my kids. They're going to feed them. They're going to take them, bring them back. I know, I know that it's not even, it's not even something that I have to worry about, which is, I mean, where in the world is, where, does this happen? Who does that? No one, you know? No one, no one, no. nowhere. Let me assure you. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty amazing, honestly. And it's definitely a way of, like, you know, it's the opposite of clipping someone's wings. It's like they're giving me the space to, to fly. And I appreciate, you know, every single one of them so, so much. And I always tell them, I always say that Atelier Lia is, is ours because, you know, we spoke about it so much. You know, we've had so many conversations and so many times where I would, you know, call someone and be like, okay, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And you know, the back and forth would really help me carve my way and find my way, you know? And they're all amazing. They're all amazing. These women are amazing. So I'm very lucky to be part of it and very lucky to call them my friends. It's neat. And I think that that businesses and brands are really feel different from those who who experience them, who have no idea where they come from. They just have a different feeling when they come out of something and are born out of something that's so in a community like that, in a community that is really unique and different. And there's a creativity behind it that's obviously yours and, and you and from your family, but that your family is bigger than than your, you know, your immediate family. I think you feel it in the in the end product. Yeah, it does. You do. So just give us a sneak peek into what's next, if you know it, if, that, if that's not too much of a pressure cooker question. <laughs> no, it's not. I think I just got back from Paris uh, where I, you know, I showed my last collection and it, it went really, really well. You know, so I'm really happy. I think now for me, what I, what I would like to focus on is I want to grow my brand in a way that I'm still true to myself. If that makes sense. I just really need to think about what next steps I'm going to take. So because what happens is when you go to these shows, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's really nice, but would you do it in white gold? You know, or, right. oh, it's, you know, I like this one, but could you make it in blue? You know, and, and these are the questions that I need to ask myself. I need to see how flexible can I be without losing what I'm trying to say? You know, if that makes sense. Like, for, for example, white gold for me, a lot of people love white gold, but for me, it's like, it's like a big no, because it just, I don't feel like it has that vintage feel that I'm trying to instill in my brand. It, it just feels too modern for me. So, um, you know, I just have to learn to say, to say, okay, what can I do to accommodate different markets? Because what people like in the States is different to what they like in China. But at mm -hmm. the same time, how can I do that and just stay true to Atelier Lia? you know, in the brand that I'm trying to create. So yeah, yeah, that's, I think the next step, trying to figure that out. You know, I've been running the Lynn Cohen Foundation for over 25 years and we just had a dinner a few months ago. And one of the things that I was able to say, and I said it at 20 years and 15 years and 10 years is I've never compromised the integrity of the foundation and I've never compromised the integrity in the way that I have, I've never done anything just to do it. I've never raised money by, you know, asking someone to be involved, who was involved for the right reasons. You know, I've never done anything where I thought it felt icky or my mom, you know, who's the namesake of this organization would have disapproved. 
And let me assure you, there's, I, you know, I live in Los Angeles and there's a lot of competition in terms of raising money for nonprofits. There's a lot of amazing causes out there, but, and I, there were times along the way where there were people who were, you know, wanted to be involved or I could have asked to be involved, but they had no connection to what we do. And I've said no, because it would have compromised the integrity of the foundation. And I'm quite proud of that because two and a half decades later, I can look back and say that and feel like that's the way you stay alive for a really long time. And I think that's in the heart and soul of this foundation. And that's in the heart and soul of me and the namesake. And my hunch is that's the heart of soul of who you are and quite literally the namesake of, of your brand and your inspiration. And so you have to just stay true to that. And when you do stay true to that, the success just comes. It really does. And sometimes you make mistakes, but you own them because you did it because you felt like that was good. And, and it was your, it was your choice to make, you know, not because someone asked you to do it. So it's really hard sometimes because <laughs> it's, it's easier sometimes to say, oh, this would do really well. But sometimes those are the hard choices that, you know, you just do. So. I totally agree. And I, I, I think that that's where I'm, you know, I just have to, I think when I get to those points, I just have to stop, take a minute and think of it, you know, because obviously, you know, like the carrot is always like, you know, doing well, the money, right? You want to, you want to succeed. You want to, I'm growing a business. I have to remind myself that at the end of the day, that's not really what matters to me. You know, and that's yeah. not why I started Atelier, you know, and something that I also think is very important that very similar to what you just said is, I'm also learning that sometimes you think that you have to work with certain people just because they're very well established or, you know, just they're the person to be in contact with, let's say in jewelry. And it just doesn't feel right. And in the beginning, I thought that I, how am I going to do this? I need to, you know, really see how I can, you know, how can I make myself okay with this? And then I realized just, this past week when I was in Paris, just looking at everything. Sometimes you take a step back, right? And you're just looking at everything. And I was like, I don't need to do this. I don't need to work with this person. You know, I don't, I don't like her. What? I don't want to work with her. It might take me maybe twice the amount of time to get to where I need to go. But at least when I get there, you know, I'm going to be really happy with, with who I am and where I am. So that's exactly what you were saying. Just don't compromise who you are. Don't com compromise your vision, you know, and don't, don't compromise the brand. Don't com compromise the soul of the brand. And if you do that and you work really, really hard, because obviously you have to work really, really hard, you'll get there. I, I think so. I also think that it's the joy of age and the joy of this decade and all the work that you've done leading up to it, you know, and this, like we said earlier, the stars aligned for you to create this brand. We needed to do all those other things, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes as women, it takes us a little longer to get to the point where those stars align, but there's a reason why we went through those different jobs or stages to not just learn the lessons, but to figure all those things out so that when it happens and you get to that platform and you get to this time, that you know how to make those decisions. You know when to turn right and when to turn left and to when to stay going straight down the center. And we, you know, have all those lessons, including the life lessons that we've learned inside our own homes, because it's sort of that joy that women have that honestly men don't have because most often we're the primary caretaker. And so we 
we're learning so many things that you don't even know, like we don't even know our brains are computing and taking in. And it's, it's pretty cool because you get to those moments when you do take that breath and you do take a, you know, just a little bit of a back seat and you, and you look around you're like, Oh wait, I, I kind of think I've been here before in another capacity. And like, I know what to do here. And it's, yeah. it's kind of awesome. You know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. awesome. Or one of my girlfriends, we was talking to me about this and she's been here before. And I remember her talking about it and, and I'm not going to do that because that doesn't feel right. And I know that that's not the right thing to do. And that's one of the great things about being a woman and knowing yourself and knowing what feels good and feels right. So I only wish you the best. I think your brand is beautiful and so well thought out and so meaningful and spiritual and creative. And I love wearing it. It makes me feel really good and it makes me very in touch. And I love that. It's clearly a brand that was growing before you built it. And I think that that says something. And I love that. I really do. So thank you for sharing it with the world. Thank you for, for having me and for allowing me to say all, <laughs> to talk, to say all this. It was, it was good. It, it's good to sometimes to say it out loud. It's like all these things that I know between myself and I, but I've never really spoken about. So sometimes when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, yes, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> it was really nice.